0: You're listening to The Dirty Boots Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Dirty Boots Show. I am your host this week, Kendall Campbell, uh, Director of Partnerships at Assigner. Today's guest, we have Shannon Ward, my former boss, former Director of Partnerships at Assigner. Shannon, welcome on the pod. I'm excited to talk to you.
1: Thank you, Kendall. Really appreciate being here and the opportunity to talk with you.
0: I think today our plan is to talk about uh, Acumatica, to talk about Assigner, to talk about the construction industry and how ERPs are playing a role um, in construction business. And there's no better person to talk to about this than you. So tell me, how long have you been doing this?
1: So I actually started selling construction software in August of 98. I joined Strategies Group, actually the same company that I'm at now, uh, in Atlanta uh, at that time. Was with Strategies Group until 2005, then went to work for Sage directly, um, and was part of their partner channel management team for six years. Then I went to a different partner selling Sage at that time and was there until 22, February of 22, and then came to a Um, And like I said, decided I wanted to just get back to working as at a partnership, decided to come back to Strategies Group and uh, very excited for the opportunity to be back selling Acumatica with a company that's totally focused only on one product. That's been my 26 plus years in construction software.
0: It's a long time. Um, I'm happy that you're working somewhere that we still get to work together. So that's always a bonus. We hear ERP come up a lot at a signer recently, even in my years of being at a signer. This last, I would say six to nine months, customers of smaller size, customers that typically wouldn't be interested maybe in exploring the ERP or didn't know about it are now asking about it. It seems to be the buzzword for the tech staff that you need in your business. Tell us why having an ERP is important to construction company.
1: Well, ERP, uh, of course, that stands for inter- enterprise resource planning. ERP was not really mentioned in construction software for quite some time. Um, It was known as construction accounting software or job cost accounting software. Really, I don't think we started talking about construction ERP until probably 2015 or so. But ERP is basically the accounting and operational tools that companies use to manage their job costing Uh, for their projects. Um, And it doesn't just have to be construction. It could be any type of project-oriented business that needs to be able to create a budget for a project. They need to be able to track their cost, be it labor cost, equipment cost, material cost, whatever against a project. Bang that up against the budget and lets them know whether or not they're profitable on a project.
0: How have you seen or have you seen the software change from when it was known as job costing software to today being called ERP? Is it the same product with a different name or has the product changed over the years?
1: A lot of these applications still do very similar things. Job costing is job costing and it will continue to be. And, and, and that really is the central financial health Indicator of a construction company. So job costing is still the same. Where we've seen a tremendous amount of change is in the advancement of the technology and in the number of software publishers that have made their way into the construction space. So you've got a a number of companies that Microsoft, NetSuite, um, Acubatica, all of these various vendors have traditionally been more in the manufacturing distribution e-commerce nonprofit type world and they have all started to bring about more uh construction type functionality that's been one of the big changes i also think that with systems eventually moving their way towards the cloud has made a tremendous change as construction workforces are very mobile. There used to be a time where field communications were pretty minimal. It was pretty much, hey, I'm going to print you out these job cost reports, and when you're at the office, you can take a look at them and see how you're doing on your jobs. Nobody had access to the job cost system from a field operational perspective. So they really many times were being told where they were rather than being able to evaluate that, them that's themselves or having the information in front of them to be able to make a very fast, uh, very informed decision about something that needed to be done on a project based on that information. Because a lot of times that information lagged for a week, two weeks, and you may almost be done with a job especially if it's a short-term type thing. So those are a lot of the changes that we've seen, but a lot of the functionality side of job costing, very similar um, and and will continue to be that.
0: Are all ERPs on the cloud or are there still ERPs that are not on the cloud?
1: There are plenty of ERPs uh, and job cost accounting systems that are still client server. a lot of those products had fantastic job costing functionality and and have um we find every day companies that are switching from systems that they've been on for 20 25 years e- even longer i just had a meeting with a very large company in construction that Had been on the same system for 28 years. And so there's not really a lot of industries that companies get a return on investment on a piece of software that they purchased 28 years ago and continue to use it. And there's a lot of reasons why they have stayed on that system. Change is really challenging, cost of the technology, all of that. So there's still systems out there. Those systems are. Most of the client server applications are being moved more to the background and you see a tremendous pursuit of moving to the cloud. And and that's not just because of mobile connectivity and things like that. It's also because of the cost of IT management and having staff internally in your company who can manage the infrastructure side of things. There's a lot that goes into that. But Really, I would say from about 2008 to 12 was when things really started pushing towards the cloud. That was just the beginning, but really over the past probably five, six years have companies become very focused on moving their entire organization's technology stack to the cloud.
0: What are some of the benefits that a a company who's been on a server for 25, 30 years get from moving to a cloud ERP like Acumatica today, what is their reasoning for wanting to make the switch?
1: Well, there's a lot of different things. I'll talk about the case of Acumatica for for one here is that your traditional client server application was very user-based. You told the publisher, hey, I want five users of this application. And they would they it would either be named or concurrent users of an application. And companies many times would get around that user count by instead of saying, I have Tom, Sarah, John, Jim, and Joe a, as my users, they would say, I have Tom, Sarah, and Jim, and then I have user three, user four, um, and user five, and then those users could be multiple people with the same login. Well, not a great situation because (laughs) audit, uh, audit trail problems and knowing who actually entered something into the system Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Um, but also, um, when I first came into this, a lot of companies, so let's just take like a standard 25, 30, $50 million general contractor. You've got your accounting manager or controller or CFO. You've got some project admin type folks that are in the office that don't go out in the field operationally speaking. And then you've got your executive leadership team. Those are typically the people that would have access to the system. Anybody that was outside of that, that worked in the field operationally, constantly on the road or anything like that. They didn't have access to the system. Eventually, you had things come around like remote desktop and Citrix and things like that, but they had to have a powerful enough internet connection to be able to even utilize the application in that environment. And that's not really a true cloud type application and environment. Plus, those systems, almost always, none of them were designed with the technology, and it's been very difficult to add the technology of APIs. So API connectivity to other applications made it really challenging for integrations to other applications. And so the advancement of cloud technology brings about open API uh, connectivity. It brings about the ability to utilize and gather information from outside of that just that office staff. Um, waiting on information to come in from the field, usually in a completely manual, documented type form. So now with the cloud, people are accessing via mobile devices, people are accessing via just an iPad, just out in the middle of the field somewhere with a decent enough internet connection to be able to log in directly over a browser to the application see exactly where they are on a project, make a decision, to a change order, purchase items, whatever, I think that that has made a tremendous amount of change to the accessibility, the speed, effectiveness of operations, all of it. The cloud has just brought about a lot of those changes um, that really benefit the industry.
0: You mentioned integrations, which is my favorite topic to talk about. Oh, okay. um, what is the reasoning and the need to have integrations into an ERP. It's one of the number one questions that people ask when they're looking for an ERP is, what's the API look like? How do we integrate? Why do people need integrations to these ERPs?
1: Well, one of the main things that we see when we go into a company that Let's take a company that's been on the same software for 20 years. Typically, what has happened is they started with an ERP system or or job cost accounting system that was client server based. They started with that. Let's say that their first move in 2000 or 1999, which was a crazy year because everybody wanted new software that was capable of handling Y2K. Let's say that that's their first thing. They move off of QuickBooks onto some sort of job cost accounting software. Then they started saying, well, w- what about our project management team? We need something to operate with our project management team. And then they say, oh, yeah, we need an estimating program because we've got to prepare our budgets for the project to handle this. Also, we'd like to scan in documents and we'd like to scan in AP invoices and we'd like to pull in all of these. So we need an application to do that. Oh, and by the way, we have people in the field and we need to begin collecting their time because writing their time on timesheets and then sending them into the office and then having somebody key punch all that time. And well, we need an application to do that. By the way, we also need these forms filled out. So instead of printed forms, we need an application that's capable of doing forms in the field. All of these various things that people have done, they've gone out. And so the typical company that we run into today that's been on the same system for 20 years, they have brought in five, six, eight different Band-Aid type applications. And they might be very good at performing the function that they provided but a huge possibility that they're not integrated at all. And so therefore people are constantly doing duplicative entry of information into whatever systems, like if I need an employee here and I need an employee record here and I need an employee record here, I might be entering that employee three times if those things are not integrated working with me, you've heard me give this explanation before, but I picture APIs as two sides of Velcro. So you've got your fuzzy side and you've got your side that connects to it and they, and you put them together and they, they go nicely together. If you have a system that's really receptive on, on one side, but not receptive at all on the other side, it's very difficult to pass that information forth. And so really today, more and more applications are headed towards that open API structure so that through web connectivity, you can send the information between the two back and forth. Sometimes it's just one way, and really that's all you need is just a one-way send of information. But a lot of times it needs to be both ways because you're going to send information, that information may need to be changed, and then sent back. It builds out a nice package that people are able to utilize in the specific functions. Um, And this is where you can bring about the term best of breed. That's something that we see talked about a lot. And and it's kind of cyclical in its approach in that over the 26, 27 years that I've been doing this, I've seen times where companies are really interested in having one system that does everything well. That is their pipe dream of a goal that says, I'm going to have a system that does everything. Uh, You're telling
0: me that doesn't exist?
1: I'm I'm saying it's very few and far between. In fact, for the most part, it does not exist. Um, And then, uh, so people will go from that point of wanting everything in one to a best of breed approach of saying, hey, this software company focuses only on job cost accounting. This company focuses really heavy, heavily on operational functionality at a construction company. This company does estimating really, really well, and that's all they apply their research, development dollars towards, all of their marketing towards everything, and so they do this really, really well. It's very rare that you find the the everything in one has really the top solution in a particular area of functionality usually it's like they get to a certain level and that's as far as they get because they've got an application that spreads across multiple different areas and they have to figure out which one is going to be most important to their to the most amount of customers
0: and that's why people integrate is if you have already two softwares that exist that are the best in breed of their functionality It only makes sense to integrate the two and thus creating the partnerships that we have in the industry, Um, which is kind of the relationship between a signer and Acumatica. A signer will handle all of the operations, but we don't want to touch any of the job costing and accounting. There are already amazing solutions out there that we can latch into with an open API.
1: And it is interesting that the same challenge is still presented even when you have an integration. So one of the biggest challenges we see at companies is is you have an operational team and then you have an admin team. And both of those teams have certain information that is most important to them. And one of the biggest challenges that we constantly see is the operational side of the house saying, well, All the information we need for job costing, all the information we need to effectively run our jobs, we need that over here. And we also kind of want to protect that information a little bit. And then you've also got the admins out of the house that says, hey, we need to be fully aware of everything that's going on on a job so that we can then make effective financial decisions on a job and determination as to whether or not we need to change course so that we can remain profitable. It's an interesting challenge, but integration eliminates a lot of that challenge. And like you just said a second ago, Asinar wants to focus on the operational side, um, but I guarantee you that what's happening in the field needs to somehow make its way back into the ERP system because the people that are really the the executive leadership team, for them to effectively run the company, they need to know what's happening operationally and financially speaking at the same time.
0: And that's the benefit of an API integration is it's in real time. So when your field staff's entering data in the field, albeit with the appropriate approval processes, you can have that data back in the ERP within the same day. Um so.
1: Within five minutes, um, yeah. And whereas many times over the years, it was a midnight dump of data. So you only got to see that data once a day. But there were times where it was a one week dump of data. So people are obtaining information in the field. It comes in on Friday afternoon and you get to see what actually happened last week uh, on Monday morning. Um, And a lot of times that's too late.
0: It also makes payroll a two-day process. Monday and Tuesday every week is payroll all day.
1: Yep. And if you try and reach those people on payroll days, they're constantly working and they aren't going to get back to you. And they, well, they have a job. I mean, and it's probably one of the most important jobs at a construction company is paying your employees because uh, your labor force is your biggest risk. Um, You lose your labor force, uh, then you lose your ability to be able to perform work. So, hey, if my payroll runs on Friday uh, and I have to spend all day Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday making sure that that payroll happens, then that's what has to happen.
0: So we've talked a lot about Where the ERP and job costing has come for the construction industry. Where is it going? What does the next 10 years look like? We've got, I'm hearing buzzwords in every meeting this week, AI, AI. Is there a place for AI in this? Is that, you know, two-part fetched? What is your idea and hypothesis, given that you've seen the industry change for almost three decades?
1: Yeah. I'm going to talk just from an Acumatica perspective. I was with a partner. We started to sell Acumatica Construction Edition when it was released in January of 2018. Previous to that, other publishers I had been to, I had never heard the term AI mentioned ever at any of those. Most of them client-server type applications, even some web and cloud applications, but never heard AI mentioned. Come we start selling Acumatica, immediately you start hearing about some AI features in Acumatica, the ability to use machine learning and AI to read invoices, to read certain documents and insert them into the proper place in the financial accounting system. Yeah. Um, uh, But where are we going? Um, I can see many areas of reporting where people are going to start using AI to help them determine certain things that should happen on a project. So having a uh, a really powerful business intelligence tool that gathers all of the information, well, we can gather all the information and we can view the information in reporting or a dashboard or something like that, but we are human and we are going to miss something seeing a lot more around ai being able to review all of that information and then put forward certain workflows maybe or this this is happening on this project so therefore we need to take these actions to improve that type of intelligence is going to start working its way into construction
0: yeah it's going to be seen i i think in the near term as data model recommendations. So for example, like you get on a Zoom call, you get on a Teams call. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the updates. This is within the last couple of months. You're now getting a whole transcript of your entire meeting, not just what was said, but the takeaways, the next steps, to-dos. And it's giving you, There's sales tools out there now for people who are in sales, percentages of, do we think they're going to buy based on what they said in their language and the percentage of time that they were talking it's recommending the amount of time that you should spend on these deals so we're seeing it across the board in construction is slow to adopt technology as an industry it always has been so it will inevitably probably be on the back side of this as well um we're hearing about it more and more with wanting to model your data. So maybe it's not gonna be full blown AI, um, but being able to see trends in the data and make human predictions in the absence of getting machine learnings into the product is a really big avenue. I'm seeing ERPs, I'm seeing point solutions. Everyone wants to do analytics and reporting. Everybody wants to model their data so that operation managers can make these decisions and know if I send this crew out to the job, here's what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, so this year has been one of the biggest technology changes for me. The introduction of Firefly's AI, um, that is what I have started using on every single meeting that I do. And that is great for me to be able to look back, see the information that was covered in a meeting, see what the next steps were. I have been an awful note taker my entire life. And now I have, here's all the dates that were discussed. Here's all the follow-up items that needed to be, uh, that I need to find answers for, all of that. that That is huge. So that's my benefit. But where that benefits the rest of our team and what we're seeing uh, from a construction perspective is that I gather all of that information Our consultants and people that go out and do implementations of the software, so basically our construction side of things, our implementation folks, they go back and review all of the meetings that I had with a particular company. They know much more about that organization. They are coming in so much more prepared for what they're about to embark upon, and that allows them to really have so much more detail because it it never fails. Human interaction is going to leave something out. Something is going to be missed or not picked up. How that can play out in construction is, what if you had an AI bot that was recording every meeting that you had? Because construction is a litigious world. It, it can become that. And so being able to have all of that documented, being able to see every single thing that happens, hit a button and say, find this in the system where this happened, and then being able to see where that, it being able to find that, incredible.
0: So you're now representing Acumatica. I'm still holding down the fort at assigner without you, but we still get to work together because Acumatica and Assigner are key compliments in the industry right now in the last two weeks alone we've gotten an average of three partner leads a day just construction companies wanting to integrate their acumatica customer with a signer so it's it's really interesting there is a massive amount of volume coming in for these customers and i think it makes sense as to why um but I don't know that we've ever talked about it or really documented it. Um, Assigner has been working with Acumatica since 2018 almost when Acumatica came out with the construction edition. Uh, We work with MYOB in Australia, which is Acumatica white labeled. We built a version one of the integration. We've now built a version two. Having Assigner with an open API and having Acumatica with an open API gives us the ability to integrate the two. Um, And really, Assigner being best in breed for operations and Acumatica being one of the top ERPs for construction companies, it only makes sense that we would want to have a really seamless integration for data flow back and forth. That's kind of what I find super interesting is tying the financials with the operation, having an easy-to-use, solution for guys in the field and gals to be able to do their time cards and their forms um, all on a mobile app, but still be able to tie it back to a system that the accounting team loves. I feel like we're solving this time-old battle of the accounting team not wanting to change their system, operations not wanting to change their system, both wanting something that communicates to the other. And Acumatica and Assigner together are doing that. So,
1: Absolutely. In fact, I think the Acumatica-SINR integration kind of takes it a step uh, in that, um, traditionally speaking, you had your job cost accounting system and then you had a project management system. And the accounting system is for the internal use of that company. They are tracking how the financial pieces of a project are impacting that project. Um, how time is affecting it, how purchasing is affecting it, how change orders are affecting it. All of that needs to happen in the financial applications. And then project management systems come along and people in the field need to track more collaborative type information, like sharing drawings amongst internal and external teams, being able to collect RFIs and meeting minutes and correspondence and all of these various pieces that are happening out in the operational side of a project. And then people started saying, you know, I think it'd be really good for the fi- for some of the financial information to make its way to the project management application. And then people started saying, well, there's things that we can do over in project management that are going to impact the financial side. So we need for that information to flow back as exactly. well. What I really like about how Acumatica and Assignar built this integration is that it is a two-way functionality. And they really complement each other nicely because um, in Acumatica, you have the ability to set up tasks or phases within a project. Asignar uses tasks and phases as work orders in Asynar. It's a really nice one to one relationship and how those pieces tie together. So I it's can see create... hierarchy exactly. So, um, it, it's just part of your work breakdown structure, but I'm going to create that task or phase. Soon as I create that, it's going to send the project ma- the project information over to a SINAR. It's going to send that task over to a SINAR, and then I can build out the people, equipment and resources that I need to perform that task. And based on skill sets, which, by the way, came from employees and their skill sets in Acumatica that came over to AssignArt. And now I have a place to tie those skill sets, the right resources to that task. But we didn't stop there. We then (laughs) go into... Hey, that then presents a site law, a, a site diary type form for for a foreman or individual employees to fill out forms, but also include their time and their pro- productivity. That then flows back to Acumatica and impacts the financial side of the project. Yeah, um, and and it really is a very nicely done integration. And by the way, just like employees, you have equipment. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of pieces and parts that are touching and that are sent between the systems. And that's where you're going to get the best performance um, out of two integrated pieces.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking while you were talking is the reason that the bi directional integration works so nicely is it's the same hierarchy, but that's not a coincidence. It's two softwares built specifically for construction companies with construction companies in mind so their structures are set up the way that the work breakdown structure is set up you've got your customer you've got your project you've got all the different phases and tasks everything that's important to how they operate and project out in the field that's the difference that you're getting between some of the traditional job cost accounting that isn't necessarily designed specifically for construction, albeit it is amazing, you don't get some of the fine-tuned details and the one-to-one relationships with your operations platform and your accounting platform that you do when you choose to utilize software built specifically for your company. And you wanna talk about machine learning. I had this come up in a call about AI recently this week that it was a very interesting piece uh, that I hadn't thought about. Uh, there's a lot of companies who do that scenario that you just described where they hop from point solution to point solution every two years. You're losing massive amount of historical data that you could make decisions and forecast based on. So let's say the product brings machine learning in tomorrow. If you only have six months of project history, can't learn much. It needs massive amounts of data to learn. So Having a system and keeping a system and finding something that integrates with all of the other systems that you're using is going to be a key part of what makes companies more successful in, say, five to 10 years by being able to utilize AI and machine learning because they have the historical data for it to learn upon. It's, it's only memorizing, essentially, the data that's in the system. And if you're constantly switching solutions, you don't have any data in the system, you're losing a lot of information that you need to make decisions. About your projects, um, which I found very interesting.
1: Well, it, it, it's funny that you that you put it that way because data involved in implementation is almost always the most expensive part of the implementation. Yep. So, moving systems every two three years to continue to have that history. If I build an elementary school today. That school is going to contact me in five years and say, What is the kind of air conditioner that you installed on top of the building? Um, What is the paint color that you used in the hallway? They're going to want to know that information. And having all of that historical information is super important, but it proves its value because maintaining that information and converting that information from one system to a new system is always the most expensive part. And so finding them where they talk, finding the systems that are integrated, and then once you find that technology stack that's capable of not only handling right now but handling 10 years from now, that that I think when you ask the question of where are you, where are we going? Um, I, I think that one of the things that uh, that we see, Quite often, is that companies in the construction space, even though they might be a little slower to adopt some of the technology, they tend to be extremely loyal to that technology and they tend to use it for a very long period of time. They're used to going out and buying a backhoe, and that (laughs) backhoe lasts for 15 years, and they run that thing into the ground where it's got 300,000 hours of service in it. I mean, nobody, Almost nobody buys a car anymore and keeps it for 10 years. Uh, Nobody
0: five years. (laughs) Or
1: or a house. Lots of people buy a house. Oh, we're here for five years and I'm going to go buy a new house. So when you hear people that have had systems for 10, 15, 20 years, they want today's technology to be able to grow with them. So pick a publisher of software that is going to be with you 10, 15, 20 years from now and has the technology in place to be able to serve you for the next 10, 15, 20 years. But coming back to that data, the data is so is so important and being able to integrate, being able to effectively convert that data, get it into a sound place, and then live with that for a, a long period of time and get your return on investment It's one of the most important pieces.
0: It is. I had a meeting yesterday with a pretty large company out of Michigan. And it was so interesting because they had someone on the call who had explored a signer, I think about a year ago maybe. um, And they liked a lot of the functionality. There's a few key pieces missing to their workflow that were too important for them to move forward. Uh, So we ended up not being able to work with the company at the time. Yesterday, we have this meeting and I have, he's their VP of operations. I have him rapid firing questions of, can you now do this? Can you now do this? Can you now do this? And it was yes to every single one. Um, And he's chuckling and he's like, you can do all of this now. Um, And it's funny because yes, software as a service, our whole value drop is we're going to grow with you. When we hear people saying, I need this specific workflow, we're going to build it into the product. We're going to grow with you. Nobody is perfect right out of the box. Um, And so it was super interesting to see how far our product features and functionality has come in a year when a year ago, it was a great product. Today, it's an even better product with these small key things. Um, And so that's an important piece for companies considering buying software to consider is are the companies still investing money into research and development is the company recently been acquired and are they putting it on a shelf to die or do you have a full team of developers constantly making the product better so it's something to consider in any software you're buying so i urge buyers to think about that
1: absolutely the, the, I won't mention any names. I used to be in an environment where you would hear someone, you'd hear someone come on and say, well, we're about to do some improvements to the AP entry screen. That'll be our next release. And it's like, okay, so that's like the whole release. That's like, that's like everything that's getting improved. 20 years ago, that was, I mean, that was the type of meeting that you would have of, of hearing, okay, well, here's, Here's two things that we're doing in the next release. I'm in meetings now with Acumatica where they're saying we're redoing our entire UI in two releases. So uh, along with here's 50 pieces of functionality that we are improving upon in just the next release. Oh, and by the way, and we're redoing the, the UI. And so the speed in which with the new technology, they can do improvements. And then I think that, um I think software publishers have become much more in tune with how they listen to customers. A lot of times it used to be, well, we're the experts, so we know what the, what the industry needs. Um, and so we're going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And now I think with. The online forums and communities and marketplaces and all that around these cloud systems, Um, uh, just using Acumatica as an example, Uh, go to community.acumatica.com. Anybody can sign up for that. You don't have to be a customer. You can constantly see what they are doing, what is coming out. You can see ideas for the system that people are posting. And the product managers at Acumatica actually monitor that. They listen. And then you'll see someone will say, I really wish it had a purple button. And in the next release, it'll have a purple button. Um, So they're actually doing these things.
0: It seems basic when you say it, but there's not a lot of people out there doing this. Um, And we use that. You heard me say this at a cider to my prospects is, product.assigner.com. If you have an idea, go put it on there. You don't have to be a customer. We are doing our development only from the product board. We are voting on what does the mass majority of people want to see in the next release. And recently, we actually just moved from quarterly releases to monthly releases. So we're now going to have 12 releases a year. Um, and it's if companies are not doing that, there's no way that you can sustain the software for as long as you need to have it. So,
1: yeah, I'm excited
0: um, to, to keep working with you. So, well, don't go and, retire on me.
1: And of course, in today's environment, everybody wants it now. Uh, they want no, no, no. instant gratification. Um, uh, I, you know, we've built this culture, it is what it is. Um, and so, people expect, they have high expectations. And not only high expectations, but fast expectations of of getting what I want um, yep. and when I want it. And so uh, all, all software publishers have to be thoughtful about that or they will become irrelevant in the marketplace.
0: Yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to add?
1: I think what I would want to leave people with is... If you are beginning the process of evaluating software, whether you are a $5 million, $10 million company that has been using QuickBooks and you're starting to realize QuickBooks or uh, Sage 50, which is the old piece tree, um, If you're on one of those products and you're beginning to realize the limitations of a very horizontal application that really was built for multiple industries and not just your industry. If you're starting to see the challenges of really obtaining and getting really good job cost information, or if you're one of these companies that purchased a system 25 years ago, you've gotten a fantastic return on investment out of your, out of the older product. You're realizing that it's time for your technology to come up to. Current the, to the current environment, so that you can remain competitive uh, amongst uh, the other companies in your area that perform what you perform. Um, then really take the time to do the evaluation. really ask the deep questions that that need to be asked. Um, don't get emotionally driven by things that people say. We are all software vendors. Uh, so we all want to uh, to win your business that's how we you know that's that's how we make money that's how we grow that's all of that but but do the do a thorough evaluation and really ask the questions and hopefully you will through that be able to choose the right software for your organization sit down with all of your key subject matter experts document it out And then find something that meets the needs of all of those people or comes close as close as possible that's what i like to say to people when we start a software evaluation process and that's what i would want people to leave from here with
0: yeah and i would add on to that you're transforming your business and the way that you operate and transformations require transparency so whenever you're evaluating vendors there are a lot of them there's a lot of erps a lot of operations solution. Make sure that you feel like the company has transparency, transparency around the product, around the price, where they're going. There shouldn't be anything to hide. If it's a good product, it's a good product. So
1: absolutely beautiful statement. Um, we can provide all the technology in the world. But unless you choose the right partner to work with, yeah, and in perform in helping you through that implementation process. Um unless you choose a company that really knows and understands your industry, your business, the way that you do things. Um, and a company that has a tremendous amount of experience in that industry, choose your partner wisely. Choosing the partner to be is almost, almost as important as choosing the software that's gonna, that is gonna, uh, run your business. Um, because it, it can make or break the success of an implementation um, based on who the partner is that you're choosing.
0: Shannon, this was so fun. I miss spending all day on the computer with you.
1: Absolutely. Lots of fun, as usual, talking to you.
0: Tell the family that hello. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Dirty Boots Show. To keep up with the latest podcast updates and highlights, follow a our on social media.